Broadcasting from Boston, Massachusetts, the Smart Cities podcast is the only podcast dedicated to all things smart cities. The podcast is the creation of ARC Advisory Group's Smart City Practice. ARC advises leading companies, municipalities, and governments on technology trends and market dynamics that affect their business and quality of life in their cities. To engage further, please like and share our podcast or reach out directly on Twitter at Smart City Viewpoints or on our website at www.arcweb.com backslash industries backslash smart dash cities. Welcome to ARC Smart City Viewpoints. I'm Jim Frazier. Today we'll be speaking about the IEEE P2784 Smart City Planning and Technology Guide. Uh, I became involved in this standard uh, a little over a year and a half ago uh, after doing quite a bit of standards development work for the USDOT and NEMA and the Department of Energy and some other organizations. Uh, as I became involved, I led the effort to create the foundational outline for the document. Uh, soon after, the leadership uh, drifted away and disbanded, and we're now regrouping under uh, myself as chair, Larissa Paredes-Muse as vice chair, and Edward Fiddler as secretary. So after a February kickoff meeting uh, last month in, in Orlando, uh, where we had uh, close to 100 people, uh, we're now scheduling monthly online meetings, and we urge anyone uh, who's listening here or, or anyone in your ecosystem uh, to, to join us. And um, it's, a, it's a very... Uh, well-needed standard. So what's really in this IEEE P2784 effort? Well, I'll get started by just reading the definition and the guiding document that enables this standards working group. And it's this. This guide will provide a framework that outlines technologies and processes for planning the evolution of a smart city. Smart cities and related solutions require technology standards and a cohesive process planning framework for the use of Internet of Things to ensure interoperable, agile, and scalable solutions that are able to be implemented and maintained in a sustainable manner. This framework provides a methodology for municipalities as well as technology integrators to use as a tool to plan for innovative and technology solutions for smart cities. So you can see it's a planning guide. Um, and it leads to, to other standards, other IEEE and other uh, NEMA standards, uh, NIST standards, uh, much of the technology interoperability uh, API type standards. So in simple language, it's a cookbook. It's a quick start guide. It's uh, essentially a recipe. Uh, it's a plan to qualify and quantify what to do first, what to do second, what to do third, and even perhaps even more importantly, what not to do. Uh, more formally, it, it could also be entitled as Smart City Systems Engineering for the Non-Systems Engineer. So in the sections of, of the outline that we've uh, voted upon within the, within the group, it starts with a problem statement. And the problem statement really describes the conundrum that the smart city ecosystem finds itself in. In that, 
there's there's a there's a huge range of very compelling, powerful solutions with short paybacks. However, the adoption rate doesn't come close to even the most conservative forecasts, um, and much of it, much of it as we as we've uh, evolved in this industry, can can be drawn to the fact that not that the user needs of the customer are are not being fulfilled. Not only are the needs not being fulfilled, but in many cases, we don't really know the customer very intimately and don't know many of their needs. So we're, we're finding that out. So that's the problem statement. We'll talk about how we better use these very powerful technological solutions to address the needs that that are to be extracted out of a broad community. Then in, in section two, it's really a foundational backgrounder where we include a discussion of, of broad uh, societal topics like the three pillars of sustainability, meaning uh, enhancing the environment, enhancing human quality of life while doing those first two um, with a reasonable economic payback. Um, also in section two, the backgrounder is definitions and discussions of terms like resilience, which is uh, a response to a, a short-term uh, impact to, to the system. Then in section three, we have a detailed discussion of the five groups of human factors that really impact smart city applications. And I won't go into all of them. They're, they're, they're quite uh, numerous. Um, in successive podcasts, we'll, 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 we'll touch on, the, on these. But the five groups are social issues, social human factors, technological human factors. As we know, technology is, is changing day by day and only in a faster and faster way. Uh, economic factors. As we know, public agencies um, increasingly are finding you know, budget limitations being a limiting factor on, on many of their, their projects. Environmentalism, including CO2 emissions, uh, farmland, there's a, there's a range of very important factors there. And there's also the political factors. What type of policies do you want your smart city to adhere to? So those are the those are the large five: societal, technological, economic, environmental, and political human factors that that are discussed in section three of of the IEEE P two seven eight four standard. In section four, we've entitled it as managing the planning, design, operations process over the full life cycle. And not surprisingly, we've, we've discussed this in, in previous podcasts, that this really is where we embrace the systems engineering process as used by the U.S. Department of Transportation, the Department of Energy, NASA, and, and many others. So this is where you define your stakeholders, your stakeholder communities, number one. Number two, you extract their user needs in a narrative, meaning if, if what um, citizen, what would you like to fix in your city? 
if you were if you were in charge. Once you define all your stakeholder communities from bicycle, perhaps the bicycle community, downtown business community, elected leaders, taxpayers, special tax districts, adjacent public agencies, and you extract all their needs, then you need to collect them into a, consen- a list of consensus-based needs. And then once you have that consensus-based need, that really is your foundation that will drive your project, the definition of your project. And once you have those consensus-based needs, you would then evolve them into, or refine them more accurately, into measurable functional requirements. And once you have these measurable functional requirements, this would be your engineering units, a legal engine, uh, a legal numerical range for, for that, uh, that specification of your project. And the collection of all of these together can become an RFI or an RFP or even a product specification for a supplier. And then lastly, in section four, ma- ma- managing the planning design operations over the full life cycle is applying test plans. And you could think of test plans as guardrails that keep you focused and on track and on the right path, the right road, to fulfilling and satisfying those consensus-based needs while not allowing any other requirements to creep into the project um, uh, as well. So that's section four. Within section five, we discuss the nine traditional legacy applications that many public agencies address. And we've, we've covered this in a, in a previous podcast, but I'll just list them quickly. The built environment, so that's buildings, everything from schools, firehouses, um, municipal buildings, city-owned hospitals, all uh, police stations, or all are in the built environment. And it also includes all of the subsystems that might be in that building. Camera systems, HVAC, security systems. The next application is energy. Many, many cities and counties are uh, own municipally owned utilities and actually own electrical distribution infrastructure. So do rural electrical co-ops. So in that that energy domain, that includes municipally owned substations, distribution equipment, meters, um, down to to even street lighting. The next is telecommunications. This might be publicly owned, it might be privately owned, but robust telecom infrastructure, broadband, is important for economic vitality. So that's number three. Transportation. Transportation includes all of the all of you know light rail, bus systems, as well as some of the newer modes of transportation, of scooters, uh, Uber and Lyft, and um, you know various other uh, modes. That's number four. Number five is water and wastewater. Water is becoming an, an increasingly pricey commodity around the world. And both the quality and quantity of, of, of water is, is very important, as well as the management of wastewater. 
an F. Uh, health and human services is very important, including uh, telepresence for health healthcare providers. Public safety, think police, fire, and EMS. In many areas of the country, uh, fire and EMS people strive to a four-minute response time or less. That can, can greatly save, save lives. Uh, it includes police body cams and, and a range of other IoT-enabled hardware, fixed and mobile, like you know, gunshot detectors. But then we have payment, payment, online payments and finance. Uh, online bill paying for a city can can yield very dramatic rewards with extremely short payback, particularly when you may you may have uh, use applications to drive revenue in in other verticals within the city. And I know in a previous podcast we used the the example. Uh, registering in a city owned is in a city softball league with your address may trigger an address change where you get billed for a, a driver's license update. And then of course the, the, the last one in terms of applications, number nine, is waste management. Uh, refuse continues to build and increasingly uh, waste management and landfills and, and burning are not looked on as optimum solutions. And there are a range of technologies, including methane generation, that uh, that are uh, very encouraging in those in those domains. Now there are underlying those nine applications of buildings, energy, telecom, transportation, water and wastewater, health and human services, public safety, payments and waste management are seven technologies. Those include instrumentation and control, connectivity, interoperability, security and privacy, data management, computing resources, and analytics. And I won't go into much detail here because I know we've covered these in, in detail in a previous podcast, but they are all important um, the one I, I think is probably under-discussed is interoperability, where for plug-and-play and for future-proofing, you do want interoperable systems so that everything can become, even the largest system can become a component of, a lar- of an even larger integrated system. Then in Section 7, we have cross-cutting issues. And one of the most important there is cybersecurity. Uh, cybersecurity crosses all all of these technology domains and all of these applications, and is, is not only a technology solution, but it's a human solution too. Humans need to be trained to to maintain you know cyber secure um, best health practices. In section eight, we have related standards. This is, this is where you go for more specificity uh, for true engineering guidance on if you want to apply some of, some of these principles. So there's resources in there from the Illuminating Engineering Society and their Roadway Lighting Committee, 
from the American Association of State and Highway Transportation Officials, from the IEEE itself. There's a large number of references there uh, in terms of protocols, smart city standards. Uh, NEMA is referenced quite a bit. We reference uh, the Instrument Society of America because a number of their standards do touch on water and wastewater and process control in, you know, in uh, for public agencies. And NIST has a number of references, including their cybersecurity framework, which really is foundational to, to anyone's cybersecurity efforts. Then lastly, in, in section nine, we have a where to learn more section. And among the most important there is the USDOT, US Department of Transportation's Intelligent Transportation Systems Professional Capacity Building Program. This is uh, up to an 80, uh, 80 courses that are anywhere between 90 minutes to two hours that are all eligible for professional engineering CEUs for PEs. And it really follows a college course syllabus with 100, 200, and 300 level courses. It, um, it does include much verbiage on systems engineering. And you could think of it almost as a companion piece to, to what the IEEE is attempting to do with, P, with P2784. So that's a great place to, to learn more. So before we wind up, again, I'll just walk everyone through the, the proposed sections of this new standard. So number one is the problem statement. Section two is a backgrounder that includes discussion of broad societal topics like sustainability and resilience. And in section three, we have a detailed discussion of the five groups of human factors with actually there's about a hundred human factors in total of, uh, across those five groups. Then in section four, we have managing the planning design operations over the full life cycle, which can be, can be restated as systems engineering for the non-systems engineer. Then in section five, we review the nine applications, nine legacy applications that most public agencies uh, deploy. In section six, we discuss the seven technologies that are impacting all of those nine applications. In section seven, we discuss cross-cutting issues like cybersecurity. In section eight, we discuss related standards. And in section nine, we have a section that's where to learn more. So um, I thank everyone for attending today and I would certainly welcome your support and participation in the IEEE P2784 stand, uh, planning and technology standards effort. Uh, as I said uh, up front at the beginning of this talk, we meet once a month online and we do appreciate and require participation from, from a broad amount of stakeholder communities. So whether you're an end user public agency person or, or a technologist with a supplier or a consultant, we'd love to have you participate with us. So with that, I thank you very much for joining us today. And I look forward to having you attend future Smart City Viewpoints podcasts. Thank you very much.
Broadcasting from Boston, Massachusetts, the Smart Cities podcast is the only podcast dedicated to all things smart cities. The podcast is the creation of ARC Advisory Group's Smart City Practice. ARC advises leading companies, municipalities, and governments on technology trends and market dynamics that affect their business and quality of life in their cities. To engage further, please like and share our podcast or reach out directly on Twitter at Smart City Viewpoints or on our website at www.arcweb.com backslash industries backslash smart dash cities.